All right, everyone, welcome back to The Fix. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein, and you heard the man. Make sure you are subscribed to the best YouTube channel in the universe. That's right, Jacob Media, J-A-K-I-B Media, so you don't miss any of the conversations that John McMullen and myself have nightly on The Fix, as well as content from the middle. Plenty of other content from John on his variety of appearances, on his variety of shows, I should say, uh, and Birds 365 coming to you soon as well uh philly voice jacob media so all right let's bring john into the conversation now our nfl eagles insider follow john on twitter at jf mcmullen phillyvoice.com and si.com is where you can find all of his written work and listen to him every saturday morning right here on 1490 host of extending the play saturdays 10 a.m to 11 all right john let's uh let's run it back baby and last time we spoke last night we're talking about Dory uh, Jackson, the corner here, and uh, he never made it, right? He never made it from uh, the Meadowlands slash New York to Philadelphia. So plan B, plan C, plan D, uh, however however far down they are on the list, right? Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I don't think Dory Jackson was plan A. Uh, we've been talking <laughs> about the Eagles and, and the salary cap, uh, you know, forever, it seems. Uh, and obviously – you know, they're phase two people now, and they're not uh, typical. That's not you, you, how the Eagles typically do business. They like to get involved, obviously, early and often in a normal season. But Carson Wentz is what he is in Indianapolis. They're paying him $34 million. So, you know, after the Eagles were done, all the restructures, the NFLPA finally caught up, uh, processed all the contracts. They had about $3.4 million in cap space. So that's what you were talking about. And that's before, <clears throat> that's even before the Anthony Harris signing, uh, which is, you know, one year, $5 million. We still haven't seen the, the concrete details of that. I'm sure it's coming soon, but I'm sure there's some voidable years that bring the cap number down uh, a little bit for the Eagles uh, to get them under that. Even Andrew Abrams or, you know, guys who are special team signing, Hassan Ridgeway, they re-signed. So point I'm trying to get is, you all know, they don't have a ton of space. So <laughs> they were hopeful to get somebody like a Dory Jackson um, for an Anthony Harris contract. I mean, that's what they were hoping for. They were hoping for another one-year, $5 million deal, maybe a little bit, maybe $6 because he plays corner or even $7 million, he push it up. And the New York Giants paid him like he was a star, <laughs> paid him like he was, uh, you know, that first round pick who was the 18th overall pick in the draft. Ryan, you never see. Uh, he, he was scheduled with the Titans, Dory Jackson. He was scheduled to p- play under his fifth year option, which was essentially $10 million. So the Titans said, we don't want to do that. Uh, they cut him. Uh, and he got more money from the Giants. That never happens. No. So you have to wonder if you're a Giants fan, you know, who are they bidding against? But, you know, once that contract was put in front of a Dory Jackson, Eagles never had a chance. Well, obviously nobody had a chance because they paid him like he was a phase one free agent. So, you know, that's the bad news from the Giants' perspective. The good news, though, is 
He's better than what they had. You you put him next to the uh, opposite side of James Bradbury. All of a sudden you say, well, on paper at least, that's pretty good. And that's what we were envisioning here, uh, Joy Jackson next to Darius Slay. It's a lot better. So the Giants got better, even though they overpaid, and the Eagles still need an outside corner. You know, you talk about overpaying, and it's like, yeah, the Eagles never had a chance. No one ever had a chance, being any other NFL team that may have been even just slightly interested, and that's fine, right? Like, that's not that's not a loss, and like you said, and like we all know, the Eagles aren't going to shell that kind of money out, really, for anyone right now, given their financial situation, but especially someone like him. So, fine, take them. Yeah, I mean, that's the way you have to look at it, uh, but <laughs> – and and – you know, from a logical perspective, again, they just couldn't, from a financial standpoint, they couldn't be in that uh, that range for that player at this time. But I guess what I'm trying to say, if you want to look at the silver lining, look, this is a guy who shouldn't be making that much money. And again, that's a sliding scale because he is better than what you have. So, you know, sometimes if you're a bad team, and I think this is where the Giants are. Giants have been a bad team for a, a long time now from their perspective. You know, you got to go back probably pre-Bill Bill Parcells uh, to find a, a Giants stretch as bad as this one has been. So they're kind of getting antsy. Um, and they're at a stage of their so so-called cycle. I, I talk about cycles in this league all the time. They're at a stage where they're willing to overpay for guys. That's where they are. They overpaid for Kenny Galladay. <laughs> right. I got news for you. I, I mean, people are losing their mind over Kenny Galladay. I said that on the middle. When the heck did Kenny Galladay become Randy Moss? I mean, people are talking about this guy like he's unstoppable. I mean, he was on the Detroit Lions. He's a very good player. Again, not trying to downplay it, but, you know, he's he's a good receiver. That's it. That, that's like the blessing and the curse with the NFL offseason. And, you know, I, I joke about this almost nightly when I'm bringing you on for your segment. And you and I joke about it all the time that the offseason, and it's not just a joke. If there's truth behind it. It's that it's busier for you than it is in season. And it's crazier lately over the past three, four, five years the off-seasons are, then the in-seasons uh, have been, just as far as news and what's going on and all the stories that you have to cover. And I say blessing and a curse because it's like the fans now get so caught up on the names that are available, you know, March 23rd, March 20th for Kenny Galladay before he signs. And it's like, dude, like you said, he's not Randy Moss. You know, So it's like some of this off-season stuff – we don't realize it until the season starts. It's like, oh, yeah, remember when all the fans were going nuts over Kenny Galladay? It's just crazy. Yeah, and 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 that's the joke around the league is you say, you know, tell me the guys who are going to be salary cap cuts uh, two years from now, and it's the guys who signed the big contracts this year. <laughs> that's – that's I, I mean, it's, it's almost uh, – comical to see how many guys are are out and and how few fit in well now occasionally you have hits and, and the other thing is and the tampa bay buccaneers kind of ruined this um the theory around the league is you know nobody who wins march wins in february 
It just never happens. It, you, you're declared the winner of free agency. You're not winning the Super Bowl. Well, the, the Bucks did. So, it, it, but to me, the exception proves the rule. It, it doesn't make the rule. Um, and obviously, there's not many uh, teams uh, or organizations either before Tampa or, or after Tampa that are going to have a player like Tom Brady that could you can bring in and immediately turn around an entire organization. Now, Denver did it to a certain extent as well uh, with Peyton Manning um, and, and DeMarcus Mayer. The, the, once they got Peyton Manning, they kind of went all in uh, on free agency. So it, it can work, but you have to be a veteran team with a really good quarterback and you have to be ready to win and, and making that push to get over the hump because you're not going to build a successful team through free agency. It just doesn't work that way. John, given the, the pandemic and the salary cap, um, you know, limit, if you will, being adjusted this year and going backwards for the first time. And I don't remember how many years, but you probably have that number. But what happens if a team goes over? Can, can a team even go over a salary cap in any year or this year? And what happens if they do? What's what's the penalty given the pandemic and everything going on this offseason? Well, now they can't go over. Okay. Um, one, once you hit the start of the new league year, everybody's got to be down to uh, the salary cap. And it, I, I can give you the last time. It's never happened before. So this is the first time the salary cap has gone backwards since they've had the salary cap. One year, it, it stayed even, but that's it. It's never gone backwards. This is the first time. Um so, so that's number one. Now, if you don't get down to the salary cap limit by the start of the new league year, you, you incur all sorts of fines, lose draft picks. It's never happened um, for that reason. I mean, the, the fines, the draft choices, it's pretty significant. One, once you're down um, to the cap, and it's called the top 51 rule, you have 90 players once the draft and undrafted free agency is over, uh, the offseason rosters are, are, are 90. They were a little bit less last year before COVID, but it's expected to go back to that. Only the top 51 salary-wise count towards the salary cap in the offseason. It's called the top 51 rule. So the vast majority of your young guys, your undrafted guys, they, they don't even count against the salary cap until they make the team uh, if they make the team in September. But you can't, you literally can't go over the cap once you're down to it because the NFL won't approve the contract. So even if you said, I'm going to, uh, we're going to go over and, and then later this week, we're going to cut some guys or trade some guys. You can't do that. They won't accept the contract. Now, some teams do just say, okay we're going to agree to terms you stick in a corner there and we'll get to you hmm. and we'll officially sign the contract two weeks down the line that happens, but you cannot officially sign somebody uh, unless you have the space to sign them. Do you think there's, you know, I don't know if I've ever asked this and this could be a stupid question, but I just, 
kind of thought of it as you were detailing that in your answer. Like, do you think someone like Jerry Jones, and maybe this would only apply potentially for like a high profile free agent, but listen, man, you know, I have a billion dollars in the bank. This is what we're signing for signing on the dotted line for your contract with the NFL next year. I'm going to personally throw you more off the books or next year. I promise you, this is a handshake type of deal. I'm going to, you know, bump up your pay, like anything like that in negotiations ever come up or is that just too risky? Now that that's too risky. People have accused people accused the Patriots uh, for doing that for years with Tom Brady and, and sort of his outside businesses uh, and funneling money to him that way. Uh, but it was more about the hatred of the Patriots success and all that kind of thing. Again, uh, if you go uh, against uh, the salary cap and, and you try to circumvent it that way. Look, I'm never, I mean, I always joke NASCAR rules apply. You know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> I, I'm not putting it above someone to try that at some point, but if they get caught, yeah, I mean, they're going to lose multiple years of, of, of first round picks. They're going to lose, uh, you know, fines and that could be seven figures certainly 500,000. It's never been done before. So I think it would be catastrophic. I mean, you would just be killing your organization for years and it doesn't seem worth it to be honest. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting because I don't know how they would get caught. I mean, just like anything, you know, getting caught doing something you shouldn't do, whether it's with contracts or anything else in professional sports, it's like, I wonder what what exactly goes on in those boardrooms. But if you're doing things the right way and if you're a successful elite organization, there's really no reason you would have to do that. And the Patriots make sense because they've been accused of bending or breaking the rules behind the scenes, you know, since Brady and the Belichick area started. Now, and the thing about it, if you think about it from a businessman's perspective, I, I mean, these guys want to make money and the last thing they want to do is pay more than they have to do. So, true, you know, true. And, and in a lot of ways, it's, you know, it's desirable for guys like Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft and everybody else, Jeffrey Laurie in this town to, to keep salaries as uh, down as possible. So the last thing they're going to do is create sort of a, a no-show job with one of their other companies and 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 pay a quarterback an extra $40 million just because they're feeling nice. I mean, <laughs> right. they, yeah, they enjoy that they don't have to pay him that much. Yeah, you know, that that's an idea that that came from me, and that's why I'm sitting here and, and they're they're sitting there, among some other reasons, but they're they're a little <laughs> bit smarter with, with how they're running their uh, organi- organizations, as they say in hockey. Uh, all right, John, so Dory Jackson, have fun at the Meadowlands. He's a New York giant. We, we discussed that a few minutes ago. That's fine with us, but and we discussed this last night, but I want to get more into it with you here now. Like, now what? for the Eagles and we can shift to the draft. It doesn't have to be free agency, what they have now, worst case scenario, best case scenario, however you want to steer this conversation regarding this secondary moving forward. Well, real quick, we just got some breaking news. The Eagles have signed uh, Joe Flacco, South Jersey's own. So wow. he's going to be their, their backup quarterback. Um, and, and we'll see. Uh, I mean, we've talked a lot uh, about uh, Jeffrey Lurie's um, 
sort of decree uh, about not having real competition for Jalen Hurts. And I think that fits into that. Um, but I also think it's a good backup quarterback. So um, there's a couple ways you, you can look at it. Uh, but as far as getting back to the corners, I mean, the Eagles need a corner. The, the Eagles need a corner opposite Darius Slay to play outside. I think, you know, they gave Avante Maddox an opportunity to do it last season. He, he just, he couldn't do it. Uh, and, you know, it's sometimes there's uh, physical uh, sort of deficiencies. And at five foot nine, it's just, you know, if you think about some of the receivers in this league with the Julio Joneses of the world, uh, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, who we just talked about, these monstrous receivers, you know, how do you deal with them if you're five foot nine? And I think the answer is you don't. And that's why a lot of guys that size play in the slot where you have the, the Cole Beasley's of the world um, to deal with. So uh, they need an outside corner. And unless you can count on Mike Jaquette, which uh, I don't think you can count on Mike Jaquette, you got to go get one. So how do you get one? Well, you got to get one in free agency or you got to get one in the draft. And I think the Eagles want to, you know, the, 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 the obvious import of the fact that they wanted a Dory Jackson to visit is they want to find a corner. Now, Kenny King was an option, but he re-signed with Packers today. Um, now, Steven Nelson was was released by the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, so who knows? He could be in that conversation. You know, if Malcolm Butler wants to continue to play, um, you know, to me, he's a little bit too old. I'd like to get a little bit younger. Uh but yeah, I mean, if they can't get somebody in free agency, then you got to start talking about corner. And if you're not going to take a corner at number six, and I don't think the Eagles are, um, then you almost have to take a corner at 37 in the second round. Yeah, I would agree. And and that seems like a good sweet spot, if you will. Um, just given the Eagles placement, what they have, obviously the six overall pick is what everyone is talking about. Um, but that 37 spot seems like a good a good area for looking at a corner to bring in here a young corner who can hopefully turn into something not just in the short term obviously but short term long term down the road uh john i want to talk a little bit more about flacco baby and (laughs) i just have to bring this joke up i saw last night on twitter and this is from bob wankel and crossing broad i just thought it was funny he said Oh, man, if the Eagles sign Joe Flacco, now we're going to have to hear even more South Jersey and Delaware Valley people talk about how they played against Joe Flacco in football and Mike <laughs> Trout in baseball when they were younger. <laughs> yeah, Audubon, Audubon High School zone, Joe Flacco. Yeah, Mike Trout. I, I mean, I, I, I got a kick out of it. You know, for, it, my friend Dave Weinberg still, you can't can't get a sentence out of Dave without him bringing up Mike Trout. <laughs> Um, and, and for years, everybody, well, Mike Trout's got to come play for the Phillies because he likes the Eagles. <laughs> right, I, right. <laughs> at some point, you grow up. I, yeah. I try to tell people, and you know, who offers you the most money, the best opportunity? In the case of Mike Trout, maybe the the best weather, uh, and on and on and on. But look, at this stage of his career, uh, I, I it's got nothing to do with South Jersey. I, I just think. Joe Flacco's a nice fit 
for what the Eagles want. Yeah. And I'm taking the Eagles at their word and they don't want somebody's going to create waves and create issues for a young quarterback trying to learn on the job. They just want somebody to help them. And I, I think he can do that. He's played a lot of football. He's had a lot of success. He's one of those guys who gets criticized a lot. And I don't understand it. I mean, if you look at his resume, um, and again, forget about the Super Bowl, because everybody can have a Super Bowl run. We saw a Super Bowl run here. I, I think the most impressive part, and now that Joe has signed, I'll actually go back and look. There was a six or seven year span, and I mentioned this, I think, yesterday on the show, where the Ravens won at least one playoff game every single year. Yep. That, to me, is tremendous consistency. And they had a good organization, a good team. It's not just about the quarterback. But he was a big part of that. He was a big part of that. And then the second aspect of, of sort of that little Ravens run, look, look at what conference they were in. And look who else was in that conference. You know, yeah. you start to think to yourself, if the Patriots weren't the Patriots, you know, the CF2, the CF3, hmm. he, he was he was a better quarterback than people give him credit for. And it's one of those where I, I, don't, I didn't get the criticism when he was at the apex of his career. I, I think it really started to pile on when he became. He signed the big contract. He became the highest paid uh, quarterback in the history of football. But now people know how that works, you know. It's about timing and circumstance. You're next. That You're the highest paid. That's how it works. You set the bar for the guy coming behind you. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up. And, I mean, I just have some theories off the top of my head as to why people are critical. Uh, you know, years ago when Joe Flacco and the Ravens were actually legit. It's because Joe Flacco is goofy. And he had like the unibrow <laughs> and he had a weird personality. And he wasn't Cam Newton in postgame pressers. He wasn't, you know, Tom Brady. Uh, you know, with the wife, supermodel wife and looking good and dressing good and having the bread. Like he's just an awkward, low key guy and a goofy guy, not just off the field. I'm, I'm, I don't mean to crush him, but he's just like a, he's an average Joe and Joe Flacco, literally yeah. an average. Well, Joe. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Joe cool nickname comes from being unflappable on the field, not from looking cool <laughs> exactly. like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I well, if, if you look at when he signed, I remember when he signed that record contract at the time, and and you might remember this now that I bring it up. There was a big story. He went out to celebrate. Where did he go? He went to McDonald's. <laughs> right, I do remember that. I do um, remember that. And that sort of sums up uh, Joe Flacco. He's not. Yeah, he's not typical. He's not Broadway Joe. Uh, as I said, the, the nickname has more to do with his uh, uh, on the field than off it. I, it, it. I I think you could do a lot worse. I, I think he's he's one of the better um, backup quarterbacks in this league. And now that he's gotten further away from the injury, the second injury, I think um, if you need him to play uh, two or three games if, if Jalen Hurts sprains an ankle or something like that, has a high ankle sprain, I think he's going to be effective for you. And I think that's always all you want for from your backup quarterback. 
talking with John McMullen, our NFL Eagles insider. We do this every night on the fix, Monday to Friday at 7.30 p.m. Follow John at JF McMullen on Twitter, phillyvoice.com. SI.com is where you can find all of his written work, Birds 365, uh, and extending the play on 1490, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. You know, and, and you say he's going to be effective, and that's that's off the field. Like, John, you and I talked about this for weeks uh, when Nick Sirianni was, was finally brought on to replace Doug Peterson and this young coaching staff. Who the heck's going to be in charge? Who's going to be the veteran in the room? Who's going to be the – adult in the room to pull a Brett Brown quote there, uh, James Butler. But he, he's now a guy who's won a Super Bowl, Joe Flacco, who is a veteran. And that's what you need desperately, not just in the, in the quarterback room, but in the locker room period. Um, so just talk, speak on that for a second, John. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point by you. I mean, I've talked a lot. I mean, I, I, Joe, I think is 36. I, I have to, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, I mean, Nick Sirianni's 39. Um, Shane Steichen's in that 36, 37 range. Uh, we've talked about how youthful um, this coaching staff is. They don't have a ton of experience. Uh, I think to have that, that guy uh, sort of, I don't want to say he's Josh McCown because everyone has put sort of the rocket on Josh McCown's, uh, you know what, to, uh, as far as coaching goes. And I don't even know if Joe wants to be a coach, but I do know he's played a lot of football. Uh, he understands how to play. Um, and and that, that has to be helpful not only um, for uh, Jalen Hurts, but also for that coaching staff. Uh, I mean, the quarterback coach is 31, 32. Yeah. <laughs> so he's older. Yeah, it's um, it, it's a good signing, and you know what's the impact now for the number six pick for the Eagles? I think we can officially say the the quarterback focus. You never you never say never, especially with this team. And like we've talked plenty, if if the opportunity's there and you do your homework, sure, you you go get a guy. Um, doesn't mean you don't because you signed Joe Flacco now, but I do think there's an impact and there's things you can read between the lines with uh, this signing of Flacco. Breaking news here a little bit earlier tonight, Joe Flacco now a Philadelphia Eagle, and uh, we can all pretty assu- pretty much assume he will back up Jalen Hurts. That's, that's somewhat of an obvious, but John and I will get more into this signing, the impact, uh, and much more tomorrow night and the rest of the week right here on The Fix on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio at 7.30. Johnny Mack, I appreciate it, my friend. We'll talk more tomorrow. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, John.